This podcast is brought to you by The Herald in partnership with the Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit. A very warm welcome to our podcast as we build up to the 2022 Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit. Today we'll be engaging with Bonan Francis Mahali. He is the President of Business Unity South Africa, the Chancellor of the University of the Free State, Professor of Practice in the Johannesburg Business School College of Business and Economics, and Chairman of both the Bidvest Group Limited and SBV Services, and is currently a member of the Community of Chairmen in the World Economic Forum. A highly respected South African businessman who's known as much for his patriotism as his active role in seeking to advance the country's interests. Mr. Bonang, thank you so much for your time. Welcome to our podcast, and we're looking forward to hearing from you at the 2022 Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit. Now, the topic for this year's summit is From Vision to Reality, Leadership Skills to Inform the Complexities of the Demands of Leaders. Have you found that the demands on leaders have changed over the past few years? Absolutely. So first, because of the pandemic, that changed everything. Secondly, because of issues that are unique and therefore bespoke only to South Africa, like the nine wasted years of state capture when we were already in a recession, as if that didn't help, Moody's joined the other two rating agencies, Fitch and Standard and Poor, in rating us below investment grade. So by the time the pandemic found us, we're already prostate, phased down, and absolutely finished. Now we have laid the fifth um, own goal, self-inflicted harm, of the two weeks in July. Now the floods. So you can see that the type of leadership that is required will be substantially different from the one that we entered into pre-COVID because this has changed the way we learn, the way we work, the way we mourn our dead, the way we entertain, and the way we engage, interact, and interface with each other and one another, my dear brother. Some really insightful comments there. Do you think we perhaps are having a leadership crisis globally and here in South Africa? There's definitely a death of leadership. The world is full of leaders, but not leadership. And you see this manifest in a variety of ways. I mean, the Canada truck driver strike could have easily been averted had we chosen to have a conversation. Russia's un provoked, unwarranted, and therefore unjustified invasion of Ukraine is another example. In South Africa, when you look at what is keeping us awake at night, I think there are two both systemic and systematic challenges. One is this notion of a stable, reliable, and predictable energy supply. And yet we've been absolutely obsessed with ESCOM. It doesn't matter where we get this energy. We should just have a predictable energy supply. And then lastly, of course, is youth unemployment. Because you see the two weeks in July of failed insurrection and rampant looting is going to happen again and again until and unless we address the underlying root cause when 75% of young people are sitting at home twindling their thumbs with nothing to do 
youth of military age, not only are we asking for trouble, we are actively, actively inviting it. So leadership for me requires three things. Some sort of a compelling vision. Two, courage. Mm. Lastly, integrity. And the last one is the one that's less sexy that we talk about. <laughs> At the moment, we have lost our way because during apartheid, we knew who the enemy was. It was apartheid. All of us rallied around this. There was a singularity of purpose, laser focus on this. Now we're missing two things. This notion called common purpose and greater good. Let me end by saying when those two come together, they allow countries to deal even with unforeseen things like the virus. Because even though our constitution guarantees personal and individual rights, but for greater good, for the people that I love, significant relationships, my wife, my two daughters, my grandparents, I will get vaccinated because I don't want to put them in harm's way. I submit that the countries that dealt better with the pandemic are those that understood these two things simultaneously, concurrently, and in parallel. Common purpose and greater good. South Africa is yet to redefine its new common purpose after the defeat and the rooting out of apartheid. So are you saying that we need leaders who will make bold decisions and then be able to follow up on those decisions? Absolutely. In fact, if you look at politicians, what we need is ethical leadership, even though it's tautologous, because leadership can't be anything else other than ethical. Number two, what we need is absolute transparency. It's our money, they are public servants, they must tell us everything they do. We can hear that they want to donate 50 million to Cuba. When they are taken to court, we discover it's 350. It leads to the lowest levels of confidence, trust, and hope since the Second World War. Lastly, we need this final notion called final accountability. When people have taken things that don't belong to them, they must be charged, they must be convicted, sentenced, and served time. So that's what we need. If you are a business, we need to continue to do well by doing good because business can continue to be an island of prosperity in a sea of poverty because we know that when business does well, society generally does well. If you are an individual, you need to say, not in my name, speak truth to power, stick your neck out because we all begin to die when we are silent about things that genuinely matter. Let me end by saying, it's about time that the good guys put as much time, energy, and effort as the bad guys do. Thank you. I think that's so insightful. I think it's so important that we're having these hard conversations about leadership in our country. If I can take you away from the summit for a moment and talk to us about some of your influences and those who've had an impact in your life. My first role model is my lovely wife, Susan, who's been very kind to stay with me on the 24th of August, 2021, for 40 glorious years. Wow. Who, when I said, would you marry me at age 17? I don't know what she was smoking, but she said, yes. <laughs> I bounce a lot of things off her. When I come back from work, frustrated, 
And I say, it won't happen. You won't believe what happened to me today. All she does more often than that is just to listen. And I feel already better. But once in a while, she says, have you thought about A or B or C? And I go back to the office and I talk about A, B, and C. And I sound very clever when she's done all the heavy lifting <laughs> at home. My second set of role models is my two divine daughters, Sebiso and Manel, because we learn from our children. We learn how to pronounce words. We learn how to be sensitive to things that genuinely matter. They have taught me the intersectionality between race, class, and gender. They have taken me to places where up until now, it wasn't fashionable for men to go to. They've molded my outlook towards just this notion of creating better human beings to stop being concerned about only ourselves, to bring about this notion of both an outsized and oversized impact beyond just the self. Not to be self, but to be the other-centered. Because that's what makes us truly and genuinely human. I am because you are. I find meaning and purpose when I look you in the eye and I see a reflection of myself in you because you fulfill me, you complete me, you complement me. Well, we don't want to preempt your presentation that you'll be doing at the Leadership Summit, but can you give us a little idea on your thinking of implementing a stakeholder approach to business for a competitive advantage? So first, this thing called strategy is simply how to compete. And we compete at three levels, at the country level, at the business level, and at the personal level. At the country level, that's where we are failing as a people with great natural endowments. Because South Africa now has lost its shine, is not even reaching its potential, not the fullest potential. We now hold the world record for all the wrong reasons. We are the most unequal society in the world. The society with the highest unemployment rate in the world. A country with the highest youth unemployment rate in the world. A country with the highest small and medium enterprises failure rate in the world. We've got the highest femicide rate in the world, not by a factor of two, five times the global average. And we are second in terms of suicide rates in the world only to Russia. So the country is letting us down. At the business level, you see business needs a serious intervention to steer it back because it is incongruent to speak of a just society when business is seen to be at the apex of injustice. What business needs is incisive, bold leadership, which only business itself can provide. Business is cited in the Zondo report as having aided and abetted state capture. 1,438 individuals and companies are named in just Zondo report number one, which comes in three volumes, 874 pages. It took four years to compile 
more than 400 working days, more than 300 witnesses at the cost of a billion rent. Surely we must get our value for money and return on investment. At the personal level, we need to continue to do absolutely our best. Let me end by saying, you see the KwaZulu-Natal floods have demonstrated beyond any shadow of doubt that when you steal money, eventually it gets finished. And I'll come back to that point. But when you read report number three of now current Chief Justice Raymond Zondo, especially the one that talks about Bosas, you come to one conclusion and one conclusion only, that actually it is the ANC that is an organized crime syndicate. So back to the floods. While accepting that the province, KwaZulu-Natal, is in the midst of a La Nina extreme weather phenomenon and climate change, government should have anticipated and therefore better planned for this calamity. The lessons extracted from this province's deadly history of floods should have better informed our preparedness. From the February 1984, when 950 millimeter rainfall cyclone Domoina with 100 kilometers per hour winds that killed 60 people and needed 100 million rands cost of repairs to the September 1987 when 600 millimeters over four days rainfall that killed 380 people at the cost of 600 million to repair. And the last one is April 2019, where 165 millimeter rainfall killed 85 people and cost 658 million to repair. These extreme weather events will continue to affect food security, energy security, telecommunications, etc. And the reason why it was so devastating, so deadly, and so fierce is because our local municipalities forgot to clean the stormwater drainage of rubbish, of soil, of overgrown grass. Therefore, half the water that should have been swallowed up by these uh, stormwater drains turned into raging rivers on roads and swallowed people's homes. We can hear how strongly you feel about leadership. Do you, do you feel it's important then for us to be able to gather and host and attend summits such as these? So first, man's greatest accomplishment is through talking. And man's greatest failure is through not talking. So when we are talking, we go in some. But the real difference is in the doing. You see, it was General George Patton who said great wars are won by good execution, not great plans. Because good execution will save even a mediocre plan. I want to submit that we are going to be masters of our own destiny. And in order to be masters of our own destiny, we must be masters of the ideas that influence that destiny. Because you know what? We have learned that power reveals character. Therefore, as we have in this business summit, we are saying to ourselves and to those that are less fortunate that we will represent those without a voice so that we can release better humans by being catalysts of change, by being defenders of democracy, by being social justice activists. 
Well, a final question from me regarding perhaps the focus on young people. You've mentioned young people a few times. What, what would your message be to young leaders in the business world? You see, if we don't think for ourselves, we place our future in the hands of others. It is up to us to create our own new world, especially now in this country, in this context when so many of us dare to hope that joy and peace will prevail. Let me end by saying the young people are not leaders of tomorrow. They are the leaders of the here and now. It's up to us to hand over the baton to them, even though we live in a time where intelligent people are being silenced so that the not-so-intelligent will not be offended. Well, thank you so much for your time and wonderful insights into the world of business. We look forward to engaging and hearing more from you at the 2022 Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by The Herald in partnership with the Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit.